My next guest has been the host of the wildly popular comedy Bang Bang since its inception. Ooh. He also has a new book out called Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the book. And let's say hello once again to Scott Ackerman. Hey, Scott. Hi, Ryan. Scott, how are you? How are things going where you are? Uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm here in a little place I call H-Town, Hollywood, California. Uh. It's um, on the coast of the United States of America. Okay. The West Coast. Right. Where we are on strike in, with the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild. And uh, I'm a member of both of those guilds. But I'm not part of the Telephone Guild. And that's why I can talk to you today on the telephone today. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Is there's no sort of representation for podcasting yet? Is that correct? Uh, no, that, uh, no, but for telephones, there is a telephone guild, but I'm not a member. <laughs> oh, um, basically, anyone who talks on the telephone can join a union, <laughs> but I haven't qualified because I haven't talked enough on the phone yet. I just text. It's what the kids do. Scott, I wanted to say it was great to finally meet you in person at your book signing, although I wish you would have mentioned there'd be like 200 other people there meeting and greeting you. I wish you had mentioned you were there. I would have <laughs> cut you to about halfway through the line instead of where you were, which was pretty far back. But it was, yeah, it was great to see you and to uh, be within a general 10 feet radius of you. And I, I hope you enjoyed the book. I love the book. And I was wondering if it was completely sold out or not enough copies were printed to meet demand. Because when I tried to get extra copies for all my loved ones, it was uh, it was on back order. How many loved ones do you have? Uh, three. That's too many loved ones. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> if you had one loved one, yeah. we could have gotten you an extra copy. But I don't. I, I think it did sell out pretty quickly of a lot of places. It went into a third printing, I think, the first week. And so now I think it's in its fourth, maybe, that third or fifth. I'm not wow. quite sure which one. Uh, we were able to correct some of the typos for the third printing, I believe. So, yeah, the, it's, it's selling really well. It got to number four on the New York Times bestseller list, nice. the uh, paper of record. But, yeah, it, it's going really well. I'm sorry that you weren't able to get copies, but they're restocking. And hopefully I'll even have more signed copies in the holiday part of the year, which when I say holiday, I mean Thanksgiving. Sure. I, I, I was going to say Halloween, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe by Halloween. I'll try to get it out by then, but that would be very scary for me. So is my signed first edition copy, is this now a valuable item? I think so. I mean, for the signed copies, we tried to do something sort of special with it and get a lot of the contributors to the book to, to sign it. So there were a lot with Paul F. Tompkins and Andy Daly and Jason Manzukis. I did a whole batch with Weird Al Yankovic, which annoyingly went right up on eBay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I did one that had all of the contributors sign it and a lucky person, I believe, in Idaho, I think, got it. So and, and for the new ones, we're trying to uh, do something similar. So but, uh, you know, if you don't care about signatures, it should be available right now. You should be able to get it. Now, from what I gathered at your book discussion, you had reached out to, you know, some of your friends, comedians, previous guests on the podcast, and it seemed like most of them sent everything in at the last minute. Were you on a tight deadline? Well, it was tight in the sense of we had to push it because everything was so late. So 
it's as tight as something that can move and be flexible, okay. if that makes sense. But but yeah, it, it was supposed to come out, I think, about six months earlier, and, and there was just no way that people were going to be done by then. But yeah, everyone kind of gave stuff. I mean, not everyone gave stuff at the last minute. Some stuff came in a year and a half before the book came out, but a lot of it was me at the last minute kind of bugging all the comedians like, yeah. hey, I need 100 more pages for the book. What can you give me? So this has been in the works for at least a year and a half, and I'm saying if it was due in a year and a half ago, then for a couple years? Yeah, I remember getting the first drafts in whenever Fast and the Furious 9, or F9, okay. the Fast Saga, came out. And so it had been in the works for a, a year before that. So yeah, it's, it's been something that has been a looming deadline for me for a long time that I'm happy to get off my plate. And on to yours. I mean, was it always a dream to have your podcast represented in convenient book form? It really was. The, uh, probably the first or second episode that I did of the podcast back in 2009, I was like, this has got to be a book. I hope someone's writing all this down. And then about 600 episodes later, I realized no one was writing it down. Right. And so I said, oh, God, we got to write new stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I-, I think it's cool. It's it's definitely, if you're a fan of the podcast Comedy Bang Bang, which, if you have not heard, it is essentially a podcast where uh, comedians come on and play fake, insane people every week. The book is essentially all of those fake, insane characters writing stuff for a book, or not even writing stuff for a book, but like found ephemera, like posters for yeah. some of the fake bands and diary entries and stuff like that. So I, I, I think it's a, a cool, if, if you know the show, I think it's really good. If you don't know the show, I think it's good. <laughs> It'd be really weird to hand it to someone, and I just like to say, you know, hey, what? How do you interpret this, or how do you? Why do you find this funny versus someone, yeah, who who knows the podcast? It has been read and even reviewed by a lot of people who have never heard the podcast, and they all seem to get it. Though that's the interesting thing; they all understand the essential concept of it, and then are just enjoying the writing. I mean. You know, there's there's a lot of times I take in a, a piece of art that I don't quite understand what yeah. they're talking about, like historical fiction or or even present day fiction, the future fiction. That's where I live. That's that's what I really get. Yeah, lasers. Um, but there are a lot of times I'll take in a piece of art and I'll be like, oh, I don't really understand the details, but I understand what's happening, and that, that's what I think people who aren't familiar with the podcast will take away from the book. I got to tell you, there's one page of the book that uh, that I read, and my sons are reading it, and it's it's one of the few times, legitimately laughing out loud, crying, laughing. It's uh, a, a review of a children's performance by uh, Big Chunky Bubbles, and it it just killed me. Yeah, that's. I mean, everyone really brought their A game with the writing. It's it's really well written. I think. I think. I think the book is really good for people who like comedy, even if you don't understand the podcast or have never heard it before, you know, it's just good to to read really well-written comedy. (laughs) Um, And especially if you want to be a writer or you want to be a comedian, it's just a really good textbook of how to write a joke, I think. So there's a lot of that. That's what I really want. You know, there are sections in it, like the Hollywood Facts board game trivia game that we did, where we just wrote a ton of fake trivial pursuit type questions that are just jokes. And I think you can read those eight pages and just be like, oh, here are some interesting ways to write a joke. You know, it's like an instruction manual in a way. But you went so deep with these games in the book that uh, they're actually playable. 
They are playable. That was really important to John, the art director, and myself. We we had a few conversations about how we were going to achieve that because of how many questions you could fit on a card and stuff like that. But it, it it came out really well. You can play it. You just I don't think you would ever be able to get any of the questions correct. <laughs> but yeah, everything in the book is uh, workable and playable and and readable if you know English. Looking through the book, and it really reminded me, and maybe uh, I, I think we're roughly the same age, you probably saw this too, I had um, Late Night with David Letterman, the book, which was you know featuring characters from the show and sorts of weird things, and I got that same vibe. Yeah, that was that is the book that I, when our, our uh, editor, Sam, uh, pitched me the idea of doing a book, she had an idea of like, oh, it'll be a bunch of stuff from the podcast, which is what it came out to be, but... I I flashed back to that David Letterman book and I said, oh, yes, that was my favorite book when I was 15, 16 years old. I read it cover to cover over and over and over trying to figure out how to write comedy. And that's the feel that I wanted for this book is, is, you know, even if you didn't ever watch David Letterman, you could read that book and get it. And that and it was very inspiring to me as as a young wannabe comedy writer to read that book. And that's the feeling I wanted this book to have. I want to get to uh, the podcast as well. Is the backyard era is that still going on? The backyard era. So so for people who haven't listened to the show, the backyard era was during COVID. Yeah. Um, first, we we had to do it over Zoom because we thought that just being, you know, within the same vicinity as people would kill us. Right. So we did it over Zoom, and then um, the science, people sort of relaxed and said, hey, if you're outside far away from each other, I think it'll be cool. So so that was the backyard era where I basically would set up mics every day with 50-foot-long cords. Sure. And we were in my backyard, you know, 50 feet away from each other. And that was a really fun era. And then um, when the pandemic got a little uh, more relaxed, then we went back into the studio. But now we're in my home studio, which is right next to my backyard. Oh, so nice. It's, uh, adjacent to the backyard era. So, and I know you're an extremely private person and, and comedy bang, bang, the podcast. Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> Um, but but famously, you have an open-door policy, so how do you keep that going in your home without people knowing where you live? Well, anyone who wanders by and hears the faint sounds of a podcast being made, and in Hollywood, that's pretty much every house. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but uh, they can just walk in. Now, I have elaborate burglar alarms in my house. They'll have to sort of Catherine Zeta-Jones those. Um, and when I say that, I mean not her in entrapment, but uh, remember when Michael Douglas, uh, was that his name? Yeah, Michael Douglas <laughs> got uh, cancer from. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> from, uh, a certain activity with her. That's what I need people to do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, we'll see if I can keep that in. Um, <laughs> Uh, Scott, anything else you'd like to plug? You know, we've covered the book and the podcast, and I cannot plug anything else via strike rules, but the book and the podcast are enough. I mean, what more do you want? You can hear me every week. You can read me every day. If you wander around, you can spot me sure. where, where I live. Well, Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the book is now available, should be available, wherever books are sold. You can hear new episodes of Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, not the book, 
every week uh, on your favorite podcast platform, including Comedy Bang Bang World. Scott, thank you so much for joining me again. Um, Always great to talk to you. Thanks, Ryan. I'll talk to you in, it seems like we speak every couple of weeks, so. All right.